This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 299. I'm your host, Brian. Joining this evening, Mac. I am amazed at how versatile beans are as a food. They have protein, they have carbohydrates, they have fiber, and in a pinch, you can throw them down if you need to reach a giant's house. Uh, and Ian is with us. <sighs> I thought life had scarred me enough as it is, but then... Yeah, we just exchanged some images that will haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> We're a disturbed group, just so you people know. We really are. No, I think that everybody knows. And, of course, Mad Cat is here. I'm not I'm not as disturbed. I already saw those pictures a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Mr. Disturbing himself, the dumbass. Hey, did you minuscule me? How is everybody doing? Uh, doing... Pretty okay, I suppose. I still function. Mac, has your daughter recovered from from her visit to the podcast? Uh, I haven't spoken to her since. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That well, okay, I guess I guess it says a lot not right there. I, not that I haven't tried, but <laughs> no, she had, she she went on a trip. Oh, I see. Okay, so it's not personal. Was it a three hour tour? No. <laughs> okay. Now we know how those end up. Yep. Like six seasons, and they're dead part of the time. Get, get, mm, yeah, true. Yeah. Wait, wait, that's the other one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God. Right. Uh, anything else going on that we should know about? Mm, we got another dragon. You got another dragon? Yeah, we've got two Rankins now. Okay. Yeah. So we got a little baby thinking thinking that he, it was a girl, and, well, he dropped a week later. And, uh, nope, not a girl. We got mm. a little boy. There you go. Okay. <laughs> But that makes them anyway. Okay. All right. Well, good. Well, guess who wants to pimp Georgie Neumond after dark? Is it dumbass? Herbert? <laughs> it uh, is dumbass. That's still his concept, and there's still some interesting ideas, because one of the things I realized is both Georgie Neumond legitimately could change their gender. Sure. And, of course, their species and everything. So it would not be one bit surprising to me if Georgie Neumond have actually done some pretty interesting experiments you know, switch between male and female and different animals and stuff just to see what it's like. So, so Ian, Ian, I, I have a question. Um, okay. So, uh, uh, you, as the author of the Georgian Armand books, are uh, the absolute uh, 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 master of uh, all information of uh, how uh, dragons work in the uh, Georgian Armand universe, right? Yes. All right. So, yeah, he's um, writing the husbandry uh, guide. How big are the dragon's penis in proportion to its body? <laughs> Is it anything like, you know, a sperm whale? That's one thing me and the dragons have not gone into yet. It's just kind of a, you know. Next book, so, folks. You know, next book. And this when, is. When this I is talk no, wait, wait, wait. No, no. Story, uh, that's just one place I've uh, not gone. That's, this, have, 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 have them mating in, the, in their dragon form and have some, like, asshole nature <laughs> documentarian hiding behind a rock, like. Look at the the dragons as they perform the amazing ritual. And this is this is why our as podcast you can see, has been their, their penis length is a, is approximate <laughs> quite large in approximate size. And this is why we've been rejected from all of the legitimate networks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, my, the short story Georgia Anamon, daughter of Acid Nightmare, is still out there. Um, Mad Cat here has read it. it. Um, you, have you read it yet? Not yet. I've had okay. some trouble. Uh, I've, I've gotten some good feedback from it. It is the darkest of the vacation stories so far. It is, seriously, if you've read any of the other Georgia Mon vacation stories, 
you will not know what to expect from this one. So, Ian, I don't. You, you, I think you know this about me that I I don't read books. I pay right. people to read to me. Um, and and so, <laughs> when am I going to be able to get somebody to read me this book? My audio book producer no, is way behind. He has a life, regretfully. He got married and all this other stuff and hasn't had time to work on audiobooks for a little while. So it may be sometime. Got married. I remember I remember when he was five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, I, I know a guy. Uh, if you give him some money, you can sit on his lap and he will read to you from a book. <laughs> But, uh, Don't worry then, if there's some cuddling and rubbing. Oh, <laughs> I decided boy. to use this podcast to make a final announcement for those who listen and are actually interested in Jones Ramon's place. Um, as you know, I'm working on the third novel, and I've decided to announce the title of it, at least. So here's the big reveal. Ba-da-da-da-da-da. The title of the third George Ramon's Place novel will be It Could Only Happen at Georgie and Ramon's Place. You know, nice. okay. Arla's mom said something like that all the time. It can only happen to you, Arla. <laughs> so well, that's the oh. official announcement. Ta-da! I think I think it actually the happen. After Dark would make a nice coffee book. The The After Dark would be a whole different book. It's there, believe it or not, because I well. I so mean, we uh, Ian, it already exists in the form of uh, fan fiction that I've been reading. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, we know prostitution is completely fine in George Ramon's place. I haven't even explored that. All, all sorts of stuff are in, acceptable completely at the hotel. And while in the books, I did do the, you know, the um, in the first book, there's a scene of George Ramon getting it on, transferring from human form to dragon form in the middle of um, getting intimate. In the second book, there is the fairy orgy, where bisexual fairy orgy, where I did write a scene where one male fairy is busy getting off two other male fairies. I don't go graphic in these. That's not quite my style. But the, the, it, there's a scene. But, in there. but you do enumerate them <laughs> and put, put them in a list so that we can look up which ones. <laughs> so the, the, try to skip through in order in order to get to the good parts. So there are definitely scenes in the books already that fits with the After Dark theme. But that would be a whole standalone thing if I ever decide to fully go that way. <laughs> <laughs> Although it sounds like I have a bit of an audience that would love to see that happen. You want me to write it for you? I can write some good scenes on uh, that. Uh, Ghost written Ron porn. Hey, my husband figured it out by going through my stuff, and he never reads anything of mine ever again, so... That <laughs> he that learned would his be lesson, huh? What to do is a collaboration. It's like, okay, people, everyone, write a story. <laughs> Let's see what we got. Hmm. <laughs> All right. I, I think right. I think we better move on. What time is it? Moving right along, it is time for. Oh, I'm reading the wrong spot. <laughs> Ian and Dumbass's masturbation moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Why did so many animals evolve to masturbate? (laughs) Hey, you said you wanted something in this section. I did, I did. I asked for it, didn't I? And I got it. You asked for it. You said get something quick, and but here, so I did. I mean, here's the thing. is that the first animal on the list is humans. 
but not the first one they show. First yeah. one they show is Porcupine. Well, but that's just that. I mean, is Porcupine in the list somewhere? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so are moose. But it starts off discussing humans that we have a shared interest in the animal kingdom. Well, it starts off basically with the very solid fact that um, porcupines prefer sex toys. <laughs> well, no, that humans <laughs> aren't the only ones that um, take place in South Pleasure, which is something that I remember, you know, years ago being told they were. And yep. it's like, oh, no, no, no other um, animal on the earth um, does anything mm. sexual just for pleasure. People like to use that reference. Yeah, no you, animals yeah. on this earth except for the humans. Yeah, no, blah, no, blah, other, blah. An, yeah, no, no other animals this. on the planet except for humans uh, have sex in order uh, to plan a pregnancy. Right. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're the only ones who plan that. Everybody, all, every, all of the other creatures are, dur- are doing it for pleasure and to fulfill an urge. Right. And they have less hang-ups about it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, I, I remember that was a big deal is, uh, you know, no nope, animals nope. do it for pleasure. It's like, no. Okay. No. Yep. So, so okay. No so we know that that's wrong. No but that, okay. But that was that puritanical thinking, right? There was no research yeah. behind that. It, it's it's is what they. It's the way that they needed to sell it. Yeah, and we heard that about other things with humans. We're the only ones that go to war. We're the only ones. Um, that might be true. Ooh, I mean, um, uh, no, certainly uh, there can be. No, no, there's lots of war. Is there war? War. we've seen other animals basically have wars. Have we? Yeah. An actual like yeah, war? We, we've seen that in chimpanzees. I know. I saw a documentary it, on that. I mean, would they, I, would I, they... know, I think it was ant colonies. What is so that's what is the whole it? big thing of watching ant colonies go to war over territory? It is vicious. Okay, but let me ask. Let me so, ask a question. I guess what constitute a war as opposed to just you know a battle? No, I'd imagine it would be just like sustained, um, uh, sustained battles fighting. between two groups yeah. over a period of time. Okay. But that, that's something we can look into at a different time. But yeah, okay, that's fine. I'm just saying, yeah. there's stuff like that about sex that we've been told over and over again. Only right, humans right. do that. And it's like, no, actually, exactly. you need well, to pay attention yeah. to the animal kingdom. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's get to the ever... sexy stuff. Yeah, here's, here's one thing I know about, uh, about animals and, uh, and masturbation is that uh, they, they have the statistics of, like, how, how long uh, a pig's orgasm takes, or, a, or an orangutan <laughs> yeah, orgasm, or something. Who is the one and who like, had yeah, to yeah, take that, that information? That, yeah, um, that that is actually a thing. There is some scientist out there, um, and I verified this. Read it in a book <laughs> that um, uh, <laughs> there's uh, some somebody out there uh, mm-hmm. uh, getting off uh, these animals and uh, timing how long their orgasm takes and stuff. Yep. Yep. That's a job. But, you know, if anyone has a dog. You've probably seen your dog taking some kind of toy and humping the hell out of the poor thing. <laughs> yeah. so, and then ter- destroying the poor toy because they, it doesn't get anywhere or whatever. That's yeah, okay. It kind, kind of like uh, uh, brings another, uh, you know, give, give another viewpoint of that article we discussed a while back about uh, that uh, uh, woman dolphin uh, trainer or, or work with yep. dolphins who uh, would uh, jack the, the, the one dolphin off in, uh, before... Uh, 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 working with them. Yep. Yep. Because it made them more um, easy to manipulate. Well, I mean, it it, but, it it eliminated one distraction for him, right? To get on to the work that she wanted to do. Right. But anyway, this points out first one of doggies, of course. And most pet owners known, even domesticated dogs and cats are fond of doing the Dogs yep. like to thrust and rub against objects, people and animals, and also enjoy licking themselves. Cats, too, enjoy self-violation. 
All right. Horses. Violation. Violation. <laughs> Horses. Horses. Auto eroticism in both male and female horses is common. While males like to slide their penises against their underbellies, females are known to rub up against posts or other objects. And they have been observed secreting a type of female ejaculate mucus. At least in males, these self-pleasing practices do not reduce sperm count or inhibit a stallion's ability to impregnate a female, studies have found. So, it doesn't with human males either. Um, so, Mad Cat, you're yes. telling us that horses not only masturbate, but the female horses are squirters? <laughs> yep. The next one, we get, I, Mac and I can both attest to, and that's birds. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Geeseys. Goosies. Well, these are, but they show like they show geese. But uh, I know for, I know that green cheek conyers masturbate. Oh hell yeah! Every parrot. <laughs> <step. laughs> Put their cloacas on everything. Yep. A lot a lot of birds uh, only have uh, temporary penises, don't they? Uh, I I don't. Ducks. I think a lot of birds don't have one at all. Yeah, ducks have temporary penises. Yeah, ducks do. There are other birds. Ducks I have think. detachable penises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If done infrequently, behaviorists say masturbation is healthy, allowing the bird a natural release. If your bird is masturbating too often, what is too often? Hey, <laughs> you Mad, can Mad often Cat? stop. Hmm? Mad Cat, if they had it infrequently, then they wouldn't need to masturbate. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, what is too often? I, I think that that's a judgment call. You can hey. often stop the behavior by removing the favored object. Yeah, they'll just find another favorite object. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Who cares? Ooh, flexible animals that enjoy not only manual self-stimulation, but also oral. The marine mammals have been known to use their flippers to get the job done, and their mouths so, for so-called self-fellatio. Fellation. Animals. Hmm. There you go. Uh, it's not reserved for just mammals. Whole genre no. of YouTube videos will attest to the rampant turtle masturbation. And iguana masturbation. I can attest to that one. The what? Iguana masturbation. Iguanas? Yep. Dragons. But mine are still a little bit too young for that yet. But uh, yeah, male turtles will often rub or buck up against a wall, a rock, a step, repeatedly doing it stuff with the penis out of its sheath. And reptiles also emit telltale squeaks of pleasure. Uh, George wants to chime in and let people know that birdies do it. I let him know we already discussed that. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I think, I bet you can find that most animals probably masturbate in some way. Oh, more than likely. I mean, this, squirrels. Yeah, squirrels. I mean, you're li- I mean, porcupines. I mean, the list, elephants. I think that, I mean, monkeys. And I mean, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, most animals that have a sexual biology do. I mean, if it's asexual, that's a completely different thing. Like certain uh, part, uh, certain parts of the ant colony and. Uh, yeah bee colony don't have an actual sex per se. I heard that even educated fleas do it. <laughs> <laughs> Only the educated ones. Only the educated ones. Yeah, uh, so... a, a, a friend uh, told me this fact uh, a few uh, years ago. Um, he said he got it uh, on a documentary or something. And the, the fact, as he told it to me, uh, was that uh, seals have the most human-like vagina of all of uh, the animals. <laughs> And uh, I, I, I question. I'm like, how? What? How, what? What do you mean by that? He could, he couldn't tell me what that meant. <laughs> if he had pictures like you've got all the time, <laughs> it would be easily understandable. 
That if you mean like in shape and you know like a certain function of it, uh, uh, the feel. <laughs> I don't know. I heard it said that uh, in Wyoming, believe they they believe it's not seals but uh, sheep. Bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help it. <laughs> so all right. Well, I couldn't. But so animals masturbate. We we we've settled it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with uh, the problem with fucking a sheep though is that if you stop to count it, you you drop off oh god (laughs) (sighs) every time i imagine sheep uh jumping over my head in bed (laughs) some guy attached to the back of them (laughs) trying to make you go to sleep this is why it's illegal to have the what a, a, a farm animals uh back legs in your boots or for them to come into your dreams like the sandman ah there we go and, oh, I guess have you titled this, Ian? Is that why is why is it woke? I didn't or, title that. I'm not sure. Who put I did that. that. In there? Oh, you did that. Why did is that. it woke, or or was it always awake? <laughs> that's 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 the the titling of our segment. Excellent. By the way, I just want to say one thing about uh, the use of the word woke here. Like people, oh please, people are always talking about uh, the this new fad of wokeism. Guys, it's just political correctness. You're just renaming political correctness. Yeah, that's, that's uh, we, we were true. talking yeah. about this when I was a little kid. All right, don't it's, just stop yeah. talking about it like it's a new thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's nothing new. That's one of the I, I annoying a, things. I, I have I, I I don't like the way it's been weaponized. Read the word, and and I think you're right. Political correctness was weaponized in the same way. I've I've never liked references like woke. So yeah. What? I mean, to me, it tells me a lot about there. the person that uses it. More than the actual, me, how, what they're actually talking about. Yes. Just the fact that they use the word "woke" tells me so much about that person. Yep, that is, that well, is they true. Weaponized, they weaponized social justice warrior. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Everything's weaponized. But so, <clears throat> we're a bit of a geeky group here as it is, and we've often talked about geeky stuff. But right now, more so than ever, if you pay attention to what's coming out, especially with all the um streaming platforms out there everything's being labeled woke left and right and right. one big thing some of the um shows are going for is doing a more diverse casting i i mean you know we have the big thing about oh my god they casted a black girl for the little mermaid mm. live um you know live action adaptation and you're like so mermaids can't be black they're, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess they're kind of they're kind of thinking of uh, that the original character yeah. was white, and they don't want it reimagined. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't have well, a, I don't, I don't see any problem with uh, reimagining a character as uh, yeah. something different. Well, yeah, considering he's the not fact a historical characters, he's not like, oh my God, they've turned Napoleon black. Okay, like, I mean, uh, uh, sure, but uh, uh, Disney's Ariel is the definitive version for a lot of people. It has become, yes. Okay, but although apparently, however, it was still, uh, oops, sorry, uh, it was still what you may consider a uh, fan fiction. I I do think that there is a time and a place to respect somebody's ethnicity, ethnicity, and I think that we we've seen a lot of of whitewashing when it comes to Asian roles. Yes, oh, that's very well, so. It's so I don't. So I, in the first place. But I guess my Sorry. point is, I don't. I don't. I I don't want to put a blanket statement that that we should never be concerned about about eth, about ethnicity in a role. Right. But I think that there's mm. a lot of times where it just doesn't fucking matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Pretty much true. Um, uh, the, uh, you were going to say something, Ian? Um, finish up with your thought. 
Um, I, I got lost in my own mind there, so you, you can. It's okay. So we are, anyway, you guys, I wonder. We are walking over each other a lot because we all want to talk. So let's yeah. uh, let's slow it down a little bit. So one of the big things that just came out for us geek crowds is the Sandman. The, uh, Neil Gaiman, one of the most brilliant writers out there right now, has been working on this for decades. Literally working on this for decades, trying to get it together. And he's been so active in it. You know, he's, he's the original writer of the, the, the award-winning comic book that really changed so much in the comic book industry. Um, and it's one of these adaptations he was so big on making sure it got done right. He was an executive producer on it. He was involved in every step. This isn't one thing where his name's just started and he backed away. He was involved in the casting. He was involved in the writing. He was involved in producing. He was involved in getting it sold to Netflix. He was insanely involved in all that on every level and so when they started announcing the casting the first one that upset people was they casted a black actress to play death now to give you a bit of a idea of the character of death in the comics yes he does come off as a very pale goth but it's also explained time and time again that the endless which death is one of has no real appearance they are what you perceive them to be when you meet them. Everyone has a different perception of them. So the perception we see throughout the comics as being the, the main one, although we see her in several others throughout the comics. She's not just the pale goth chick. She is, you know, at times when they alter the point of view to show the other point of views, we very much see her perception. Yeah, so but part of that, though, is, uh, is also more of a, a, an argument of which you prefer, whether you prefer more. A faithful adaptation to how things were presented and how they feel in the original, or whether you want uh, a little uh, a little more fluid uh, adaptation of certain parts. It's fully his series, but in this he can case, do whatever the more, frick he wants. We were basically Sorry. told that even the, the, the what we get, what we see, dream death, and all the other endless ass. That's just what we're given as a perception, so that we can perceive them. That yeah, is no not doubt, uh, this, uh, this decision is supported by the uh, uh, material. Yes. That's very much, and Neil Gaiman himself has actually said that in times. Like, well, we had to give you a perception of them. We can't just leave it blank and let your mind fill it in. That doesn't, not necessarily how comic books work. But they do show us that in the show, right? Because they show us with Sandman when somebody else sees Sandman at one point, that they see somebody completely different. Um, then, well, I don't think was, they've done that in the show yet. They did that in the show. They did they, it in the movie. They, okay. No, but they did it in they did it in the show when he's when he's walking around hell. Oh, that old one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, the, there was a woman. There, there was a woman being being kept there and and saw and, and saw Sandman as a black man. Mm. Uh, that that fit, very much fits the concept. So yeah. Neil Gaiman has come to defense saying, "Yeah, we casted a black actress because she was brilliant." And could do death because they didn't care about the ethnicity. They cared about the talent of delivering that character. And if you mm. see her, the, her episode, that um, the sound of her wings, that is the most brilliant episode of the series. And that is an episode that I think is going to be award-winning. It's going to be noticed. It's, people are going to be talking about that episode alone from the whole series because it is just so well done. And the actress they have portraying death, she was perfect. Yeah. You couldn't have done better. I, I honestly believe that. Well, but Her also portrayal was just so ah uh. that that particular character does not matter what what ethnicity they are, and it doesn't matter what gender they are, right? So it's just a matter of getting the person you think fits the role. It it shouldn't matter beyond that with right. that with that particular I mean, role. I can I can see the argument uh, that um, uh, against uh, tokenism, right? Because like uh, some shows you see like 
uh, it's obvious they just put so much uh, cringeworthy effort into like uh, rev representing everyone with uh, uh, every racial group with a token character, but not putting uh, any thought into fleshing them out, really. Um, uh, it's kind right. of the Power Rangers uh, theory of diversity. Right. Sure. You know? We saw that a lot in the 90s. You had the Power Rangers, you had the Captain Planet stuff, you had some other stuff where it's like, well, just, um, you know, a kid show where everyone's just a different ethnicity, and we're not going to explore it any. They just are, and that's <laughs> Like, yeah, and, and uh, like the Power Rangers were bad for like like just like the the Asian person person was yellow and the black person was black and yeah. it's like really guys the, the 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 one who was her only characteristic was a girl she's pink yeah <laughs> yeah there was okay yeah no and, and stuff, it's not it's not like they went and made a a dark skinned dwarf or a Latin elf so you know we're we're still all right. <laughs> But yeah, so no, so if if you see the episode with death in it, I don't know anyone who doesn't look at that and say that they casted perfectly. She's she, great. She was so perfect, for, and, yeah. and like I said, that's a powerful episode. And they did that one so correctly, and I I, I very much for seeing that being one that's going to be nominated for awards and be well known throughout it. So then the other casting one that I really let me, let me say one more thing. It Okay. She's only there two episodes, and and for and it's important for Death to make enough of an impact that you remember Death, right? And she does that. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, undeniably. I'm looking forward. I, they definitely have to get a season two that still hasn't been officially confirmed. We'll see what all happens. Um, but I, I want to see more. There's so you, much more. You've got me interested in actually watching the Sandman because I hadn't been. It is incredible. Really. I, I I. I I will honestly say it's probably the best thing out there right now. Mm. And that's my personal opinion. It is so well, well done. I'm, I'm rereading the graphic novels right now. And yeah, they do change some stuff up, but they stay so close to the source material. It so, is. I haven't right. read the source material, but I did enjoy watching Sandman. So the other I, int more interesting casting problem, that this is what gets really interesting. So Well, I mean, did you talk the... about how they cast the woman as, 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 um, as death? Before you go on to that, or not as death, but as uh, as the devil as well, right? Lucifer, yeah, well, that, Lucifer's that a woman. Another, in the comics, Lucifer is presented as male, and he, the series Lucifer is inspired. That they don't follow the storyline, but um, they, it, it's officially proclaimed to have been inspired by th this by Neil Gaiman's take of Lucifer in the Sandman. So if, if you ever watch series, which is a, a very fun series to watch. But the Lucifer series that just finished up a couple years ago, that is inspired by the comic adaptation that Neil Gaiman did of the character. Lucifer. So, so you're talking about the one that so the so the stuff with Tom Ellis and you know the Lucifer like DC show that 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 was inspired yeah. by this. So what I'll yeah. say about that is that that is a totally different character than the character that that we got in here um, being right, portrayed by. Inspired yeah. is the key word there. Sure, and and that's in fine. Inspired. Yeah, it is fine. But, and I wouldn't want them to be the same either. I wouldn't want her to be trying to copy that. And and right. and she and oh, what's her name? I keep saying. Um, um yeah. She, and everyone know I mean she's been in She's great. Um, she was in Game of yeah. Thrones, Gwendolyn Gwendolyn uh Christie. Is that right? And she was underused in the Star Wars prequels. She's great. Yeah. Um, but so she was cast as Lucifer. Yeah. And Neil Game once more came and like, actually, Lucifer's always supposed to have been a non-binary character. So it can present but, either way, depending on what, what yeah. you want to see, much like the sand, when we see Sandman as, as, you know, as being black. Yeah. 
So, you know, he's come out and said, you know, that that was always supposed to be the representation. Yeah, we focused on the male aspect, but um, there's always a non-binary element to it. So then... For that matter, in the uh, Keanu Reeves Constantine movie, the uh, Archangel Gabriel, I believe, was female. Yes. And played by Tilda Swan. Or Tilda Swanton. Yes. So so we've seen this done before also. It's that exact same kind of thing where, you know, let's just cast a female in the role and... You know, worry more about the um, quality of the person acting it rather than caring about the gender because that's not as important. And once more, she does a great job as um, Lucifer. And that, that's one storyline that's going to be interesting to see because that the, the show very much deviates from the comic with that character. So there's going to be some interesting differences coming forward, I have no there's, doubt. Uh, but there's then, another show I know of which has done had done very well uh, it's called The Collector, and the devil was never the same any episode. The devil could be a, a human woman, it could be a child, could be a dog, could be anything. And when the devil Dark showed Earth. up, it was just amazing. Yeah. So now this is the more amusing one to me, this, this, this third casting thing we're going to talk about, because this is one where it's like, if you guys actually had a problem with the casting, you didn't understand the character from the get-go. So the character is Desire. In the comics, it is very much made clear desire is binary neutral, gender fluid. Because desire is whatever desire needs to be to get you to desire it. That's the whole point. I mean, throughout it, there's masculine and feminine elements to desire over and over and over. And this is emphasized every time desire is there. Is no, you can't. Desire is non binary of the highest order. Desire wouldn't make sense to be binary. And so, guess what? They casted a non-binary actor as Desire. And my God, it was perfect. And I mean... I, you're, you're missing the point, though, of the whole thing, which is that um, Desire should be whatever the viewer most desires. But I'm sorry, but comics are only read by middle-aged white men. <laughs> <laughs> and so Desire should always appear to be that cheerleader who rejected them in high school. but no in the show i mean they do such a good job with desire because you do see both feminine and masculine traits within the character at the same time and the character is just amazing the sexuality every scene um we see desire i mean that is a insanely sexualized character and i think it's confusing to some people which is the point of it and i think that's the anger as well is Wait a minute, that's neither male nor female. I don't want to be attracted to it, but I am. So what I would say is that Desire was over the top in all the right ways. Yes. Yep. Oh, yes. I mean, that, that you know, you've seen it. That, did that not feel like a character that everyone should desire? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I didn't feel but, dirty, though. What? I didn't. It didn't make me feel dirty. <laughs> yeah. But I, and I that's unfortunate because I, dirty, I wanted to feel dirty. <laughs> <laughs> But so, no, so those were three of the big casting things that came up that all these people suddenly, oh my God, Neil Gaiman, you guys, you need to just put your foot down because the people who are working on Sandman are just being woke and ruining what you created. And Neil Gaiman, of course, is like, uh, wait a moment, I was involved in that casting. And if you think that casting is woke, then you have no idea what I wrote um, 35 years ago because trust me, when I wrote it, it was as woke as what we are doing right now. 
Yeah, he's a, basically he Point said that it, that it, it's everything else is just catching up to how woke it was when he wrote it. Yeah, and he's talked about how back then he had um, people all along the LGBTQ rainbow, friends he knew that were, were not represented anywhere. So he was purposely working in all these LGBTQ characters because he wanted to give them representation back then. And this is, you know, 88 when the um, first Sandman comics came out. And, the, you know, the, the, these people who are calling the show woke now are, are, are the part of a crowd that claim how great the comics were back then. And Neil Gaiman's like, okay, if, if, you, if you think the show is woke, you didn't get my message. And so I, I wonder how much you understand the writing I did because it's, you're definitely not understanding just how representational the show is of what I originally wrote. I can get that. And, and that's what we're about. You have a bunch of toxic fans out there busy trying to tell the author he is wrong about what he was trying to do 35 years ago. But I'm glad <laughs> that the author came back and said, shut your rump because yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. Now, the funniest thing is, if you um, follow any of the Twitter stuff, they then somehow had a bunch of toxic fans that turned it over to him being involved in the, um, what's it called? The, the new game... Uh, Nambla. The, the, the new Lord of the Rings um, Oh, yeah, prequel the prequel, stuff. yeah. Um, and they're all busy. Neil Gaiman, you know, we're upset at you for letting your show get so woke, and Neil Gaiman's like, I promise you in the future, I will never do any woke stuff for um, the Rings of Power. I, I, I promise you, I will never write anything in, in the Lord of the Rings universe that is woke. I, I promise you, I will you know, not produce anything else. You know, and it's basically like, he's not involved in this stuff, people. Why are you trying to connect oh, him Oh, that's to hilarious. It? So he's not writing for it at all? No, but the people are connecting him and going off on him. He's like, I promise you, in the future, I will not write any woke stuff for that series. We we saw this before. There was another incident like this. I think the dumbass had brought, it, had, had brought up something. There was somebody else that was the same way. They were, they were saying that, you know, he, and it's like, he's not even involved in that. No, but there's one of those things where they're just attacking all this stuff that, because it has some diverse casting to it, and um, the Rings of Power, ha um, they casted um, a group of black hobbits that actually apparently fit with the um, that group of hobbits at, because in um, whatever the, the the one, you know, the, the one that's outside of the trilogy that was like mostly background crap that I guess is insanely weird to read, but it refers to this one family of hobbits as being dark skinned, and oh. so they cast them as black. Um, I mean, and it's not—it's not like they—they—they uh, they, they really uh, went into detail about uh, skin tones in hobbits uh, in the book. I mean, there there could be a number of different shades. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're black elves, apparently. Um, it's black dwarves, so that they cast black actors hmm. as fantasy characters. And but the anger over just the idea of the diverse casting. These people don't grasp that there are you know, all these different series running at the same time. And no, they're not being done by the same people. They're not the same series. You know, but that shows the, the, the crowd that's getting angry over this isn't paying attention to what is really going on, but are just like sheep following the, oh, I'm supposed to be angry about this. I don't, I'm not okay. even going to watch the show. But I'm angry about is, it. Is there anyway. is there some of this yeah. though that it's a sign of the times that because Trump has given these racists a voice that that, I, that, I that we're seeing that, some of this? I think <laughs> that what it is is that we have not yet realized that our next great power source 
that will follow um, combustion engines. It's not electric cars, but cars powered by nerd rage. <laughs> and we just simply haven't learned how to harness it yet. It's all that hot air. I just, I just wonder. I mean, some of this. I mean, yeah, we talked about the political correctness and how this has evolved into, you know, to people calling things woke, right? And and a lot of times it's more about the people doing it than 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 was actually than the actual problem. Because when I look at the casting for this, it's pretty mild, right? I mean, I mean, there's nothing in there that I mean. The the most, the most, the, the one that is like maybe desire is maybe the one where you could look at and go, okay, that's the most diverse casting because I don't because I don't think that casting a black woman as death is really that diverse casting, right? She was, and there are some other characters that in the comics and, and these aren't like the huge major characters; these are minor characters that come in for a couple issues and stuff that were cast with different um genders, um. And different ethnicities, but it was, you know, a, a decision of let's look at the character. What do we want? What are we trying for? And who do we want to play that character? Right. So, it, 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 I, especially with the Sandman, if you look at it and you look at what Neil Gaiman has said, at no point did they say, "Oh, we need to make this character," you know, "we need to make Death black." No, they're like, "This is the actress we want to play Death. It doesn't matter if she's black or not. She's the, the actress that we feel will do the best with the role. Let's um, have her be Death." Yeah, I, I, and and that, that's what they were looking for. That Neil Gaiman has overly time and time again had to defend that, saying we weren't worried about ethnicity, we were worried about talent, we were worried about putting the right actor in that character because they would do the best job with that character. Here, but here's the other problem: is I don't understand really what these people's problem actually is. Right? They're, they're saying and, a lot of words, but I don't know that they're making a coherent argument. They're not. They're not. <laughs> That, that's the problem. And once more, they're, they're going up against Neil Gaiman, the creator of it, and telling him, um, you know, oh, you don't know what you're talking about with your own creation and the adaptation of it. And he's like, dude, this is my creation. I know what I intended when I wrote it. I know what I'm intending now. It is still you know, true to what I want. Like you, I have the original notes. Yeah, I mean, he, I don't think Gaiman ever hid what he was trying for in the original Sandman when he wrote No, he didn't. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Never. Yeah. I saw the stuff. So, yeah, it, it, it's one of these things that a lot of what they're upset about is just, I need to find something to be upset about. And we are, you know. There you go. What level does Trump to... play in that and his freeing them to be um, assholes? You know, it's like these toxic fans that are calling um, in, any of the Marvel Studios stuff the MCU because there's so much um, female characters now being used. There's not um, enough female characters being used, quite frankly. And sometimes yeah. when they are bringing in female characters, they're not doing a very good job of it. She-Hulk. It's She-Hulk. Oh, it's terrible. Come on. We, 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 we can <laughs> no. argue this. They've done a terrible yeah, job with She-Hulk. It's actually exactly what they were going for. Well, then, they, then, yeah, they, then it's really, oh, my God. How can, how can, oh, how can she be such Brian, a shit lawyer? She's Brian, supposed to be an awesome lawyer. You're being a toxic fan. <laughs> <laughs> No, but your opinion of um, that is if you listen to the toxic fans, how dare they introduce a strong female character that talks about her sex life and other stuff? That's just no, no, so I, I don't have issues with any of that stuff. Yeah, so you, your issues are different from what the toxic fans' issues are. Oh, they yeah. just don't like a, a female character going in there and talking about female, actual female issues. It's how dare they focus on um, that. Aspects of right. It's like with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. The toxic fans were fine up until the scene where the cops show up and start going after um, Sam Wilson, the Falcon. 
until they realize who he is. And they're like, oh, we're sorry we were treating you that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that, and that, the Tatsuki yeah, yeah. fans all got upset over that one scene that, that, that ruined it for them. But um, and right, like, here's, so, here's the other issue that I have with, with She-Hulk is that Tatiana Maslany can get a date. I, I don't care. I, I, that this idea that, 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 that she's a successful lawyer that looks like Tatiana <laughs> Maslany, she can't get a date, there. that's bullshit. I won't disagree with you, but it was needed for the story. It, but yeah, but it, maybe. You know, they, they actually <laughs> kind of covered that in the latest episode, how she feels like She-Hulk is cooler than her in every way, and she's intimidated by her own self. That, 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 that is the only episode that's worth a damn is the last one. <laughs> that's true, though, that uh, in the comic books, they did have the act, uh, the scene, the, the human base being jealous of her She-Hulk base. That, that's okay. That, 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 I don't have an issue with that. But if you want to tell me that Tatiana Maslany can't get a date... I, I won't disagree with you on that point. But the comic book universe, you have to fudge stuff like that at times for the story. And she can't law good. Well, maybe she couldn't get a reasonable date. So the whole different topic for a whole other time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what happens when we go get a bunch of geeks starting to talk about geeky stuff. <laughs> it's so easy to go off topic. But no, there's a lot of issues like that from the toxic fans who, if you pay attention to them, they prejudge things like that, like Sandman beforehand and then try to attack it. Now, Sandman, uh, the, the, you know, the, the big claim, oh, you know, if, if you get woke, you're going to go broke. Sandman was the number one show in over 80 countries for, um, I think, three or four weeks running. And um, of quite a few countries still after like eight weeks. It was the number one show on Netflix. Are they going to continue with the next season on Netflix? Though? That hasn't been announced. Neil, Neil okay. Gaiman's pointing out the problem is it's such an expensive show. 15, that it's so much 15 harder million per episode. Season. 15 what? million per episode. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, it's, it's expensive. expensive show, but it's brilliant. And so I, uh, he's also talked about how if Netflix decides not to take it, they will look into um, seeing if other streamings. And the thing is, if Netflix doesn't, the other streamings might be willing to risk um, the expense because with how huge it was on Netflix, um, if, if they can get those kind of numbers, um, you know, it, it, uh, there are several streaming outlets that that could legitimately bring them a whole new life. It's also so, possible that Netflix might want to bring in a partner to help them to burden the cost too, right? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if Netflix drops it, Fox will pick it up. <laughs> so basically, the, the show's been a big hit. It, 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 was, it was being called woke, but it has not gone broke. It has not gone anything no, close no, to broke. No, no, no. It's it always has been, been a huge. So that goes against their, ar their main argument about um, things being um, woke going broke. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but that, you know, that's the claim over and over again. I mean, if you look at these toxic fans and what they say, like I said, they prejudge it all. They prejudge Sandman because of the casting. And none of them will follow on something like Sandman. If you go to YouTube and um, follow, they, they're quiet about Sandman. They're not saying anything about Sandman. They're kind of, oh, right, we said it. Now we're backing off because we were proven wrong <laughs> and yeah. we don't have a good argument. Yeah. But, you know, the, the the other thing about that nerd rage that I was talking about is you have to understand that its true power is passive-aggressive <laughs> and that I will watch it, but I will <laughs> resent it. And I, I, will hate, I will hate I will hate it for making me like it. I've had a few shows and movies that I didn't think I'd watch, but then I heard the Toxic fans go off. I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance. And 
uh, most of the time, it's actually pretty decent stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I came across a term that I'd heard before, but I didn't really know what it meant. And that term is edgelord. Edgelord is somebody who basically goes out and looks for things to be provocative about. Hmm. Oh, well, and, nothing uh, to do with edging. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with edging whatsoever. I did my um, lawn this weekend. Is that what you're talking about? Edging? That's exactly oh, what I'm talking your lawn. about. Okay. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said exactly. Oh. <laughs> now I got it. It was a Mac joke. It just <laughs> didn't work for me. It was a Mac joke. <laughs> Sorry, Mac. But no, um, on YouTube, you will see like a half dozen different of, of, of the people I consider toxic fans who, if you watch the videos, they just repeat each other. It's almost like they had a meeting and said, yeah. these are the keywords we're going to use to attack this movie, this show. And they will say the exact same thing in all their videos and just like basically be puppeting each other. And then, of course, the people that watch them go out as good little sheep who have been trained and repeat those exact same talking points. You're talking like Victor Von Doonkock or whatever his name is? Yes, Doonkock is um, yeah. a big one on that. But so here's the thing is that they might, I mean, that might actually be the, the thing because if, if they're making a coherent message, they might actually be able to spread it better as opposed to a bunch of incoherent messages. Yeah. So, so and, and, and this is something that the Republican Party is good at is having a playbook, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if they, so if, if there's a, if, if they are following a play, you know that they they will get more traction if more people are saying the exact same thing than just one person screaming into a void. Yeah, that, that's true. I think that's one reason why they have power, and um, you know, and you'll see this if um, like with She-Hulk, um, right now on Rotten Tomatoes and on IMDb, there are a, an insane amount of one-star reviews, and by statistically, you know, ba- basic statistics, um, you look at other stuff that just it isn't the best. You know, they, they don't have that many. And it's basically, they do a lot of review bombing. They organize the review yeah, bombing. Yeah, they and they yep. get their yep. fans to go and just negatively review something without ever watching it, without ever um, actually forming their original opinion. But you have to hate this because we've told you it's woke. So go and attack it now. Yeah. And I wouldn't even give She-Hulk one star. I've got problems with it a, a lot, and I think I can be articulate about the problems that I have, and it's not because it's a, because it's a yes. female superhero. No, Brian, you've already demonstrated you can't, though. You said she can't law good. Oh, I did say that. <laughs> that <laughs> no, is she's, not articulate. She's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's a different thing. Between and I mean, like, but yeah, she, She-Hulk has been a character for a long time anyway, so they can't really uh, complain about anybody changing anything. But, Brian, I'm, that's the big difference between you and the toxic fans. You are willing to have a real conversation. Say these. I watch. You're, you're willing to come out and say I've watched it, and these are the things that bothered me yes. and drag me out and make me feel. You know, you, you're not going to look at a preview of it and say, "Oh, they're going to do sex in the city with a um, conflict character." That's going to be so stupid. I want nothing to do with no, it. No, I'm going to watch it all the way to the end so that I can so that I can bitch about all the little things that bug me about it. <laughs> Oh, I personally am enjoying it. Just to see if there's anything. To well, and it, it, there there are things there to enjoy, but I just think that they do a lot of a lot of telling instead of in, in a lot of showing, and they don't respect the audience. You know, they're like that, and the, you know they make callbacks to stuff that it's like, yeah, we know that you didn't need to tell us, and and they're doing that with their fourth wall breaks. And I understand that she's supposed yeah. to break the fourth wall, but but I think that the things that she chooses to tell us sometimes it's like don't don't tell us what we already know. Respect my intelligence. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I do one thing about She-Hulk that I was not expecting to be as good as it is, is uh, the the actress they've got playing Titania. Oh yeah, she's great. She's absolutely fantastic. She's she's from um I the what I what I remember yeah 
That was her first role stuff. Yeah. But yeah. yeah so, she, no, they, they, they get, no, she's. No, I don't have an issue with her. At, with, well, Jamila, I mean, I, Jamila, I think is her name. Jamila Jamil, I think is what it is. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah, she's great. And she was on The Good Place. Yeah, The Good yep. Place. Yeah. Yeah, she was, and she was great on The Good Place. Tom's ever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the, it, being a fan of all this stuff right now can be quite frustrating in dealing with the toxic fandom that's coming out. And generally, they do all seem more conservative. Um, I mean, some of them openly make it quite clear how conservative they are. And um, one of them, I, he, he didn't like talking about sexual stuff as it was and had issues with the idea of the existence of non-binary and trans people that bothered him. That there was one toxic fan who has had a few videos where he makes it so clear that these concepts make him uncomfortable. And it's like, okay, well, that's your problem, not the shows, not the movies. Yeah. If, 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 if that's bothering you, you need to figure out what you need to do because it's real, it's in our society, it's out there. Um, if, if you have a problem with reality, you need to seek some help. Well, let's move on to talking about some taboos because I think that that's a good lead in to, to, to and, and, and we're not going go to we're not going to completely get away from the non-barren binary. And also we're going to talk I want to I want to lean into that a little bit towards the end of this article. But so this article, this is a, uh, <clears throat> a sex therapist and, uh, and you, you can find him on YouTube. And um, and, and generally, you know, I, I, I certainly like um, I, I like his position on things. It's well thought out and it's not necessarily. Um, you know, I wouldn't call him a, a screaming liberal, right? Um, but I, I think that you know he he he's he's pretty balanced in in looking in looking at things. He, he's certainly going to lean. Um, I, I imagine most sex therapists do. <laughs> um, but so this article starts out talking about how there are certain taboo things that that we um, that you know that people didn't want to talk about, but but were but end up being necessary necessary um, necessary pieces of our culture and like people right. not wanting to talk about menstrual craps or periods and and we still and we still hear jokes about about that kind of stuff to this day and why the and that's a subject that should not really even you know you know make people i i don't think it should make people feel uncomfortable if, if some if you know if a woman has you know is having her period why should that make me feel uncomfortable right right it, 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 yeah do, i mean uh you can talk about going having a poop or whatever and uh I mean, it's 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 not like the most pleasant thing to say, but it's not something that will generally make you be like, Ew. right? Well, so, yeah, but, but it's it's well known from biblical times that any woman having her period is unclean and must sit in the red tent. Yeah, okay, yeah. So you, we, it, it, there is a lot of religious uh, bias there, right? That, yeah, but that... even there within our humor, uh, a movie mm. I hated that uh, so many people love, Super Bad. I thought that was a really bad movie, and the worst joke in it was the period joke. That actually angered me. They had a party, and this one girl's having a period, and she's dancing real close with, um, I think, Jonah Hill's character, and he some basically she's, she's so bad the, bl the blood's bleeding through onto his pants. And so her boyfriend, who she was dancing with, who also has the blood bl bled through onto his pants, sees the Jonah Hill stain and realizes that he d danced close with um, his girlfriend. And I was like, that oh. is a messed up joke on yeah. so many levels. That is wrong, wrong, wrong. Like, at that I'm, point, I'm, you I'm, might, a, I'm a guy. You have the blood just come out in like little spurts from her pants, right? <laughs> so <laughs> little, I, I'm a guy, and I was angered by that. It's like, that's not how the period works. And that's such yeah. a distasteful joke to make about it. Yeah, I mean, certainly comedians make jokes about 
about about menstrual cramps and stuff like that. And they and they certainly can be funny because they do prey on our biases. Um, but sometimes they're just all yeah. right. That's, that, that, that's not on, funny. That's just on, you know in your face. Disney Plus so. they um had Baymax from um the one why well, can't I think of the movie suddenly? Well, it, it Hero okay, but, Sex, Big Hero Sex. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they, they he got his own series, and in one of the uh, basically the whole, the whole series is about him sensing people in distress and trying to help them. In one of them, this girl at school has her first period. He shows up and like, oh, what can I do to help you? And she's of course embarrassed, hiding out in the bathroom and everything. And it ends with her friend um, saying, hey, listen, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. It happens. I, I'm uh, I'm good with it. Let's you know get you fixed up and cleaned up and get you back out. You know, and not worrying about it because no one's going to judge you for it. it. It went out of its way to make it quite clear this is not something we should be judging people on because it's completely natural and happens. Don't be embarrassed. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, it's it's so, out of your vagina. and so here's the, here's some other things that um, that you know that of course you know, people that are not part of our lexicon now, but probably. And and people probably still feel uncomfortable talking about BDSM. Not us. We we we've uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not us. Not us. Uh, homosexuality, birth control, and then of course it has George Carlin's dirty words. Um, right. You know, so so over time, you know, the, 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 these things these things evolve, right? Um, yeah. It says so, and he says so. What are sexual taboos today? Um, well, I'm I'm, I'm very disappointed be- that you. I'm very disappointed that you wussed out and didn't mention Bukaki. <laughs> well, it was, he didn't he didn't write it here, but yeah, we can Bukaki. There you go, because we we definitely like to throw that one in there, because it yeah. But it's kind of hard to talk about like uh, what kind of sex stuff is taboo, because uh, I mean we still kind of think of sex as taboo. Well, I think yeah. that I think that we are not the people to ask about that because I no, think that we true. have tried to normalize it as much as possible, and I suspect um, that with that it, within ourselves we have. Yeah. And the conversations I've had with my sons uh, since forever, it seems, I've not hidden this. I, you know, I, I've been pretty open with them on all this stuff. It, it's, yeah. you know, they have questions, and you know, now that they're both technically young adults. Have um, you done the Don Cleese sex lesson? Not quite to that level. <laughs> I will admit that. Not quite to that level. But you know, talking about it, um, we can have some pretty messed up humor around here. So, so one of the things he does, he moves on to real quick here is that why am I expected to announce my pronouns in public? And what he's talking about is that, you know, now in these in certain in situations and emails and footers that people in ads, people are, you know, are putting these in here. And in one of the points that he makes about this is that it, it, it by by doing this, it makes somebody's sexuality the most important thing about them. And often it's not. And, I mean, uh, the pronouns isn't about sexuality, though. It's about identity. Right, but here's the, here's the thing: is that is it, 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 if we if we are announcing our, our our gender, right, right up front in in, in when we're, when we're in an, in any social circumstance where it might not be necessary, I mean, like in, in a lot of meetings, it doesn't matter what the person's gender oh, is, yeah. right? So so what so what and 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 they can just as easily be called by name as opposed to he, she, they, um, you know. Then I mean, that, that doesn't bring up the question of how do you handle it if you have to refer to uh, uh, another person in the meeting, you know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I just I, I just no. I think his point is that maybe that we're putting a lot of emphasis on on, on this and, and, and maybe it's not. And he goes into a little bit more uh, about why later. Um, 
and and I think that there's there's something to be said for that. If I'm not if if I'm not dating somebody or and I and I and and you know I'm not going to have any sort of of relationship aside from a friend. Does it really matter what what their gender is? No, but, but right. you know, like um, if, if somebody has a certain way they like to be referred to, I mean, and that's uh, fine. I, 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 it's, yeah. it's good to have a, have that out there just in case somebody wants to refer to them. And, that, and that's fine. Well, I, I know yeah. most of the conventions I go to, when you get your badge pickup, they they have buttons or stickers or something if you want to um, say this is how I identify. Yeah, and, and everyone just fine. accepts yeah. that. Yeah. And it's it's not necessarily we need to know that in, in case we're attracted to you. It's just. Uh, you know, this is how I want to be identified. Please respect me. It, it'd be the same as like correcting someone on the, your name, like you. Um, your legal name is William, or did you legally change it to Brian? Yeah, I mean, like I, I feel, uh, I, I feel odd about it if somebody yeah, uh, started uh, yeah. calling me she all the time. Well, I do. Yeah. So if if you were in a meeting <laughs> and they had your name down as William because that's your legal name, but then say, you know, he goes by Brian. Well, part of the problem with that is that I don't answer to William, (laughs) right? Right. I mean, and that's fine. I mean, but I I just think, but I think his point is, is that maybe we're, but that we could be leaning a, that we don't want to get away from what's actually important about a person. And, and, and maybe that, maybe that's, maybe that in, in certain circumstances, that's not so important. But once more, that's identity though. Yeah, but it's important on your Tinder profile, right? You would be confused like, oh yeah, that is my name, but that's not how I identify. I identify as Brian. Wait, so wait, the argument would be yeah, but but no, but, yeah, but, I, I, but I'm going to tell you that before I tell you I'm male. But but right now it's kind of set up so that the most important thing about a person has become how they identify their gender. And I think that that might be too far. I, I think that I think that we we look at look at when look at in hiring practices, and I think that this is where where I think that it that it, it's unimportant is. If, if you're hiring somebody for a job, right, what's the most important thing about them? How they identify or, or, or what their skills are? Yeah. What their and skills I, are. And I think, or unfortunately, well, but I think, unfortunately. And, and if they're planning on getting pregnant. Oh, well, see, okay. <laughs> and and they're, they're, that, unfortunately, that should not be a consideration when you're hiring, Right. I know. And I was, I was kidding yeah, when you're I being, said that. Yeah, you, but you're being but facetious. It should be something but, that you'd want to know. If you're hiring somebody, so that you can reference them properly without, uh, you know, making a mistake like that. Well, maybe that's in the interview portion of it, right? But I think that I, I think that, I, so we 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 see when people put in, um, we'll we'll see that they'll take a um, a resume and they'll put a name on it that 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 has a that sounds black, and they'll take that same resume and and put a white sounding name on it, and we know who's who's more likely to get called back. Right. Right. And I think that I think that that and I think that I think that gender is can work the same way on a resume. So I think that I think that we it's better to 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 strive for for hiring practices that are are much more gender neutral. Right. Where we're we're, we're not concerned with that. um, I'm not sure like uh, if if you want to go as far as trying to make a blind interview uh, happen. But uh, you know, like you, you could have like a process where like all your resumes are are just like step by number uh, rather than personally identifying information, and the rest of that is revealed uh, when it needs to be. 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, sir, th- there might be some ways to, to, to satisfy that. But here's the problem, is that my, my company has an agenda to put to put women into management roles. And, and part of that is because there are already so, so many men there, right? And I wish that we lived in a world where it wasn't necessary to I- identify those deficiencies and try to fill them, right? Where, where, That's where this all comes right? from, though. Yeah, exactly. It's an overcompensating yeah. for the problems that had. And, and we go back to, like, yep. I mean... Yeah, and once people get uh, uh, the kind of representation out there that uh, uh, is uh, commensurate with, um, you know, uh, their uh, uh, how how they work in the population, then uh, a lot of that will uh, help take care of itself, and that they'll have the power in order to stick up for themselves more. Yeah, and that, and that's fine. I mean, here's the thing: is that if we don't keep talking about it, if, if we if we try and you know, sweep it under the rug, that's never going to work. And I'm not suggesting that at all. Right. Right. We but, have to continue to talk about it. But we also but we uh, but I mean, there's an ideal that I think that we should be, um, you know, trying to um, strive for. Yeah. But we as a population, if we get to the point where enough people are showing the respect for the gender identity stuff, it won't be as big of a deal to have to um, put it out there. Yeah. Because, okay. you know, and that's the problem. There's not enough respect that the people like, listen, I identify this way. I if you guys aren't respecting it, you know, it. it it's not not polite. It's not beneficial. Kindly respect my identity. Yeah, and we do need to you do that. I'm not suggesting that we that we wouldn't that I wouldn't want to do that. Um, there's a few more things in here if we can if we can get to uh, them. Um, <laughs> who who is consent for? And so it says no one should exploit anybody, and no one should have sex with their partner that hasn't consented. But he goes into here, and you know when you get into a situation where maybe both people have been drinking, and then they have sex. And then, which and can they both claim that it wasn't consensual because they were drunk? And that's what I mean, uh, <laughs> there can be some gray area um, uh, because, like, uh, uh, people can often behave differently when they're drunk and uh, yeah. not realize what they've done and stuff. But uh, um, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think anybody's trying to paint that as uh, all black or or no, white, not. really. Yeah. Um, is yeah, but he Ace, doesn't go into yeah. the other stuff we've talked about here about because we've talked about um, age-appropriate sex education where you can teach them from kindergarten the idea of consent of even touching and hugging and sure. stuff like. Yep. You know, if you don't want someone to hug you, you tell them I don't want to hug, and they need to respect that and back off. Yeah, I and don't so think consent, he's. Yeah, exactly. If, no. if, if, if he's only going straight for the sex parts, like you know, there's many levels to teach someone about consent before that that will actually help keep the sex level from happening absolutely because the more you understand that's just you or yourself everyone else is themselves get consent before you do certain you know yeah and we've talked about i mean i it's extremely important um he talks that he says is asexuality a sexual orientation (laughs) yeah of course it is (laughs) right i mean in in the the idea that we would would not you know uh respect that about a person is kind of crazy and once again do we do we need to know if somebody's asexual, right? I mean, I certainly don't need to know in most cases. Right. It's, it's you know, it, now admittedly, if you ask them and say, "Hey, listen, I'd love to go on a date for you," it's like, you know what? I'm asexual. I just don't date. Oh, okay. You yep. can respect that. Exactly. But, it's a, you know. Yeah. Uh, what at what age should kids be taught about gender? And he, and this is this is really interesting. He says intelligent. Caring people can disagree about this. Wouldn't everybody benefit from a collaborative discussion about it? And I think the answer to that is yes. I mean, I don't, I don't see any downside with uh, telling them as early as possible. If it's too early yeah. for them to really understand about it, it's not going to do any harm. 
Yeah, that's well, the, the thing, thing is, I... too, is that your parents knew about knew what they were talking about and everything and taught you as early as possible. Well, but, but if you, you will be yeah, I mean, they didn't, didn't teach me much about gender. Well, it's, you will it's, be it's, called a groomer if you believe that kindergartners should be taught about gender. Well, you know, we 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 had a conversation for the show about a friend of ours who very much raised their kid very Catholic and 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 made sure not you know that they, not to uh, expose them to certain things. And of course, what well, they ended up being transgender, right? Yep. And I think that he that just came you know, out. yeah. And so, but the, but people but people's arguing about about telling kids about this is that they're all going to end up transgender. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. No, like I said, yeah. this is a case that this specific person. Well, um, basically, private school homeschooling was the main focus. I doubt he had much in the way of um, public school ex- exposure when um, he was a little girl. Um, I, everything I, I know about um, him, he was raised, like I said, ca- Catholic school, homeschooling. Those, those were what it was because um, the mother had to you know, make sure her kid was raised right. Mm. Now, guess which parent um, is the one that has a problem with... Um, him being transgender suddenly. Right. Mm. Yeah. I don't really uh, understand how transgender people uh, feel uh, about their gender, but uh, I, I was, like, raised in uh, a very, like, gender egalitarian type of... Uh, 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 Those are the values uh, we profess and everything. And I know, like, I think if you look at uh, my past, like, some people might have uh, looked at me and gone, uh, that, that boy's going to turn out to be not right uh, gender-wise or something, because, like, um, my mom would tell stories of uh, uh, when my, my sister was a little baby and uh, she was going, uh, going to, uh, to feed her. I would uh, grab, uh, grab my little doll. I called him Baby Joey. Um, I would lift up my shirt like my mom, put him to my, to my, my nipple and pretend to be feeding him <laughs> along with my mommy. Um, and uh, you know, certain, certain other things, too. Um, in How many like, of us six, boys... Didn't take a balloon, stuff it in her shirt, and say we were pregnant. <laughs> oh no, I did breasts. What are you talking about? <laughs> in, in six and seven, uh, my favorite uh, uh, book series was Sweet Valley Twins, and I never made any apologies for it. So this is the last piece, and hopefully I can get yep. through this because this is the kind of piece that that um, I, that that kind of struck me. It says, "Doesn't doesn't rejecting male or female gender identity reinforce gender stereotypes?" I'm sympathetic towards anyone who feels constrained by the roles traditionally assigned to men and women. Um, the feminist movement in the 1970s reset social uh, society, society on a path towards more equal opportunity and more psychological equality. Is that right? Um, equity. Equity, sorry. And we're, we're all learning that women can be astronauts, men can cry – and listen. And listings for job opportunities don't need to be. Um, well, well, the overall idea of it is, if yeah. if men and women can interchange roles like that, why is gender such a oh, okay. um, significant thing yeah, to says, be identified? So, by? Yeah. So, by a list of open uh, of job openings don't need to be. Um, oh, I just had the word. It's right in front of me. Ba- basically, um, segregated by gender. A wi- a women. Women. Let's see, women can marry women, men can adopt children, and um, and a growing number of states, currently 15, don't require gender on uh, on a driver's license. We still have we we still have a ways ways to go. Most Americans enjoy the benefits of oh, let's see, of racially reduced social expectations based on their perceived gender. 
Um, so, well, I've, I've heard this argument in various ways before, and the problem is gender is much more complicated than just what roles you are and stuff that's like true. that. Yeah. And once more, as I've been saying, identity, it's a big part of identity. And yeah, it is. There's a lot of, I want to, I, you know, this is how I feel I need to identify myself. So it doesn't matter any of this other stuff, you know, Oh, you know, what, what do they expect me to do if I'm in whatever roles? No. I it, mean, I think it's pretty much all about identity, right? Because it, it's all about uh, like even the 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 uh, and I've kind of said this before. Like the people on both sides, it's about their identity. The people on uh, uh, people who uh, want uh, who have this identity that uh, uh, the others don't accept, and they want their identity to be taken seriously. But then these other the, the guys on the other side uh, have this identity about gender that's be deeply ingrained into them, and uh, that is a deep part of their identity. And uh, these other guys are coming on and saying, uh, no, you're wrong about your thoughts on that. Well, it's not what exactly what he's saying. But he is saying, so the next part of this is, so if a man can be anything, a woman can be anything, one might wonder why someone would reject the constraints of a traditional gender role needing to, to free themselves from a category of gender. Um, one could even argue that if you wish to finish the social project of destroying gender roles, including many different kinds of humans, man, woman, and as a possibility, and one uh, and soon two categories will mean will have no meaning beyond genitalia, which is what many of us want. He says it's worth a discussion, isn't it? So I, I yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that, that, that's part of what I'm saying, like the uh, painting it as um, uh, uh, the, this uh, the, this whole deal about uh, uh, we we all need to have uh, uh, a discussion about uh, what, because, like, if it's just pain, because he can't accept what gender uh, means to, to these people, and uh, uh, they want uh, what gender means to them to be taken seriously. I, I don't know if that's what he's necessarily saying. Um, that's not, that's not he, what he's he, saying. It's, yeah. it's, oh, what, yeah, it's okay. what I'm saying is going on here. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, it, it is. Think, it is. It is an interesting. Th it is an interesting thing. You know, we 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 had so many segmented, um, you know, gender roles for for so long that that and and we've and we have struggled to eliminate a lot of that. But I don't know if you can eliminate them entirely. I think that, I think that everybody's gender is a lot more complex than it's been considered so far. I think everybody needs to really consider in some places I'm a guy, in some places I'm gal, in some places I'm neither and I have you know, I have no I have no reference on this. Yeah. I and think then, that yeah. we need to get away from the idea of a binary gender and just just accept that people are way more complex because we're less made of flesh than we are made of, of stories. Certainly, yeah. we we do need to get to that point, um, and, and and I just think that we need to we need to be careful about where where we're applying gender as being important, though. Oh yeah, yeah. and that, that gets tricky. But, it, it does um, get tricky, absolutely. Yeah, as Max said, people are complex. I mean, yep. we're not you know the, the whole range of male to female actually is more complicated than just I I want to identify as a, as male or female. Those, those different levels of that even that's why you get more and more non-binary saying you know what. I don't really feel like I'm either, but I can go either way. You know, some days I feel more masculine, some days I feel more feminine. I just don't want to be identified by one or the other. 
It's, you know, it's the same with sexuality. I mean, the whole rainbow when you, when you said that, when you started fe fe saying feminine there, my mind felt in femuline. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I want to yeah. figure out a definition for that word. <laughs> I, 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 I know a woman who, for a long time, she was only interested in women. Then um, she went through, oh, wait a minute, you know what? I'm kind of done with women. I'm going to start dating men. Um, that, you know, was she a lesbian? Was she bi? It doesn't matter. You know, well, who she was changes. And, you know, she went with what felt right to her. You know, we, we do like to label. And that's not always the accurate way to go. I, I think we have a tendency to over-label, in fact. Yeah. 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 I, I knew a woman who uh, uh, was in a lesbian relationship for a long time, um, and uh, she identified as a lesbian, but then broke up with her, and she uh, was just into dating men. Yeah, but d does that make her less of a lesbian when she was in a lesbian relationship? Do we need to change her labels? Was she faking it the whole time? I mean, that's <laughs> right, the kind of yeah. thing that they yeah. say. Well, she was sad... a fake lesbian. No, she... The sad thing is that there is a culture... A lesbian culture that says, well, she obviously was less of a lesbian, just like there's a cisgendered culture that would say something just as offensive, such as, well, all she needed was the right dick. Right. No, it's just the person is a person and she and wanted to do this and then she wanted to do that. It's her yeah. choice, her sexual choice. So but... um, for myself. I have mentioned before that I have had people who look at me and say that I'm the more masculine person that they've known over other men and other people who have used me as a sort of icon, like my one friend used me as a sort of icon on what he was going through because I was very masculine. However, you could tell I was also, I was very much a woman. But this this goes back to the over stereotyping of men and women. Yeah, you know? right. And forgetting that that all of these are fluid. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I personally never saw you as uh, masculine. Um, <laughs> I know you you're always more uh, rough and tumble and, and all of that. And I I guess I never really classified it uh, in my mind. Um, so yeah, um, you don't classify you you are more fluid with the way you think about a person's gender. You don't think so much male, female, unless you see their boobs or, you know. Right. I, I, I mean, think like, I, should... I, I, I do recognize gender. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I know mean, what you mean. Let's, 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 does, yeah. you never have. Mac, what were you saying? I was saying I think we need to get rid of these modern labels and, and go back to the old labels that made more sense. Um, you know. Tomboy, athletic. <laughs> oh, no. But here's the thing is that, okay, so we're having an interesting discussion here. And, and, and if more people were having this discussion in public, if you wanted to shut this down and not have this discussion, what would you say about these people having this discussion? Oh, they're that just they're, being woke. That, yeah, yeah. That they're used, that they're, that they're woke, that they're social yep. justice warriors, that they're too politically oh, correct. Just depends on what era you're in. Yeah. So what? Yeah. It, so that's so that that's what they're using woke for is to shut down the conversation. Yep. In the fifties, right. they would have because they're they uncomfortable confident. with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, politically correct, whatever. Right. Um, I put another article in here because it was bad and I didn't like it. Um, you know, because it basically, well, and 
do I even want to talk about it? It ends with a with with a quote from Jordan Peterson, which you know is going to be bad. Yeah. Hey, um, um I, I have a I have a better way to go here. Excellent. Than that article. That um, I was going back through the Orville, and I encountered this gem that came from the time that Portis laid his egg, and there was a scene in there when Yaffet went into Mercer's office and said, why does he get to go sit on an egg? What if I wanted to go through mitosis? And he just storms out. And Ed goes, looks at Kelly and says, does he want to go through mitosis? And she says, we're not legally allowed to ask him that. (laughs) (laughs) That made me that I, I missed that the first couple times seeing it. That made me laugh so hard. You know, but that episode that you're talking about, is is kind of the exact conversation we're having, except for the end result of that was the opposite of what we would really like to have happened. You know, as a, a no, yeah, that that story arc, not necessarily that episode, because I think that was the episode yeah. before we actually laid the egg. Yeah. So yeah. So that story arc did not end the way that I found satisfying, and yeah. I really appreciated the fact that the Orville well, did that. Have you watched Ryan, season right. three yet? I have not watched it yet. Article. You need to watch season three. What's what's a bad article? The, the one, the, the, your second article. Oh, I know exactly. Article. That's that's why I put conclusion. it there. They blow all. Oh, so intersects. Two to three percent of our population is intersex. Where basically they. Yep. Do and they 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 they're not male or female. That they really shouldn't be classified as either because there are aspects to them that um you know keep them from being male or female. But we still assign a gender to them. So yeah, so, so you so the, you have uh, immediately found the flaw in this, but we should we should say so. Is there scientific evidence for non-binary gender identifying um, within two to three percent of the population? Undeniably, yeah. Within the rest, once more, it comes down to certain identity issues and other aspects. So yeah, to say there is none is really yeah. You're you're ignoring so many factors. Well, but here's the thing: is that I mean, we and they only they bring up only X. Let's see. Uh, they only bring up X, Y, Y, and of course, I went over six different, um, you know, uh, chromosomal genders that that are viable in in humans. And but it's not even chromosomes. There's all sorts of other aspects right. to it. Yeah, um, but but they're 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 denying a lot of that research in this yeah. article. Oh yeah, I, and I, I've actually had some issues um, with people online who about the gender stuff. Like you do realize that even within that, you know, two to three percent of our population is intersex. They they can't they're not neither male nor female they're in te- the, their own gender technically, but we still let them p- pick and I well not always let them there, there are actually quite a bit of times where the parents decide well I want you to be a boy and yeah so I'm which is that awful on you. yeah that's Sam shared with me some terrifying statistics on how often doctors make that choice yeah. when the yeah. infant is born. But yeah, so and, and that's because the, the, our society is so big on the two genders. So even yep. with you know within that, you mm-hmm. know, going to the most basic thing, we and decide the, genders for people um, against their will when they technically are neither male nor female. So here's here. and in the prior article, it noted that medical texts were absent the clitoris at a time period. Yep. You know, not only did that doom an entire generation of men to never be able to find that, <laughs> but also, you know, that also makes me wonder if doctors could recognize it when they were seeing it. So I don't know who Tom Wood is, but this is from TomWood.com, the article that we're discussing. But here, here's, the, here's the last paragraph, 
and and of course it, um it's a this is what jordan peterson a professor of psychology at the university of toronto so we're blaming canada for this um <laughs> Uh, was was getting was was getting to on on a show um the whole gender gender identi- identity movement is an anti-science is anti-science at its core and yet we're all ordered to change our thinking and uh thinking and institutions at the risk of ruining uh ruining if at the risk of ruin if we resist on that basis on the basis of it it's like wow. I mean, and Jordan Peterson is just—I didn't realize that he was that he was if, a Canadian. If you, if you start uh, calling uh, people by, uh, by by whatever gender they prefer, it'll bring ruin. I tell exactly. you exactly. So, and the, yeah. he, Jordan Peterson is the reason that that um, Canadians have to apologize so often. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he he personally identifies as a competent scientist. Oh my god! I mean, also is... we we are trying to uh, to force feed the rest of the world insects, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, awful. But yeah, so I put this article in here because of how much I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass while you're at uh while you're at that whole forcing people to eat insects thing, you could send me a nice uh cricket supply. Ooh. Oh, they're yeah. easy to easy to uh breed, yeah. So we're at an well, hour. They're and easy a half to breed, but they're they're easy to breed, but they're hard to, hard to keep them the souffle from falling. Anything else, guys? I, I think that we're, I think we're good yeah. for tonight. They'll give you quite a bit to edit, buddy. Yeah, I yeah. sure will. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And on that disappointment, say goodnight, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Good night. And that is another Bukaki splashed across the camera. <laughs> if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Share-Alike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more of Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at MySpace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.